sometimes when people love each other very much, they <clears throat> want to do the nasty. I can generate knickknacks. Snork will die down the toot hole. How'd you like me now? Hello and welcome to How Do You Like Me Now, the podcast where we go back and relive the golden years of kids' TV. I'm Will, with me as always is Liz. Hello, Liz. Humana, humana! <laughs> How are you? I'm, I'm good, I'm good. What was that from, humana, humana? Don't know. Some, some, what, what cartoon characters were horny? Well, I don't know, but I feel like a lot of 90s cartoon characters were very horny. Yeah, I think that had a bad effect on me. Mm. I, well, I, I, I wasn't necessarily bad, but I think it had an effect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think just horniness in cartoon characters is something I feel which is a bit lacking these days. I don't know that that's right. <laughs> I think if you're going to make stuff for kids, no, that's not true. I do think kids should be exposed to a level of horniness. <laughs> They've got to be prepared. You've got to age-appropriate horniness. <laughs> so, I, I actually something I dislike about um, when you go on the uh, the old uh, interwebs and you encounter the youth is there's something puritanical about some of them. We know? talked about this last episode. I, did we? Yeah, we talked about how like you know how, how, how youths were a bit puritanical. Did we? Yeah. Am I just doing the same? <laughs> I, I'm doing the same material. I forgot. <laughs> It's all right. You're working on this type what, five. What, what on earth did we say? I don't remember. We, we saying were talking it. about youth fashions and like old fashion with those awful dresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, but all, what I was going to say this week. This is weird because I didn't know I was continuing the point from last week because I'd forgotten it or two <laughs> weeks ago. Um, is about I saw a post that was like, um, there should never be sex in films. What? No, genuinely, I've seen people say this. They're like, sex never improves a film, doesn't advance the plot, it's not necessary to see sex. And I was like, I want to see a bit of sex. Yeah, who doesn't want to see a bit of sex in a film? I'm I'm, I'm agreeing that it shouldn't be in every film. Mm-hmm. Because I think there was a thing in the 80s where it was like, just put some sex in. <laughs> Yeah. Like you'll just be watching an action movie and then there's some sex and you're like, well, I don't, I would, where did that come from? Like Bloodsport. Really? Yeah, Bloodsport. <laughs> That's your go-to reference. That's my go for for a movie that has some egregious, unnecessary sex. A Jean Claude Van Damme movie that I don't think the listeners will have seen. They definitely should have seen it. Everyone should watch Bloodsport. Right. It's an amazing movie. I've got to say, I think in that, the sex does improve it because JCVD loves to show you a little bit of bum. He does love to show his bum. So and then those buns are, they're a work of art. <laughs> steel, like carved marble. There, I know. wouldn't even say I'm sexually attracted to JCVD, but I still appreciate the arse. It's an admiration. That's the thing. I think it's it's a it's a platonic admiration. You can just look at JCVD. Oh, I thought and you go, said it was an aberration. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's the opposite. The exact opposite. No, what were you talking about? Why did you bring up blood sport? Because we were talking about you were saying the, the little youths. bit of sex put in the films. Nothing wrong with it. No. No. Yes, we don't we don't want exploitative. We don't want nastiness. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when people love each other very much, they <laughs> want to do the nasty. You've got down a route And here. I want to see it. <laughs> I, yes. I just hope everybody just switches off. As soon as we say horny, they're like, Lizzie's going to be on one this week, just switching off. <laughs> Liz, people shouldn't switch off the podcast. Stop telling <laughs> them, stop listening. 
I do you know what? I'm not a good salesperson. I can't even tell people to listen to the podcast. I'm like, no, oh, listen to it if you want, or, or not. I don't care. I, no, it's not very good. I should burn it. <laughs> it was the same when I worked in a shop. They were like, please recommend the loyalty cards to everyone. And that's how they started. And then at the end, it was, if you don't sell loyalty cards, you will be sacked. <laughs> and I was still like, but I can't make people take the loyalty cards. I would only sell the loyalty cards when it was actually cheaper for them to get the loyalty card. Right. Because we were doing some sort of deal. And then I'd be like, listen, it's going to save you money. I know. I know. It's a terrible thing that I'm offering you this. You didn't bring it up. You didn't express interest. But it will save you money. Do you think you could? It's okay if not. It's okay <laughs> if you want to slap me solidly in the face for having the gall to mention it. I understand. But do you think for both our sakes, you could this once take the loyalty card? <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm glad I don't work at a shop anymore. It's it's a good thing you left retail. Yes. <laughs> Neither of us were particularly suited to do it, but for you it really just it was not a strong choice. It wasn't, was it? No. It was against the fibres of my being. <laughs> anyway, Liz, this week Speaking of against the fibres of my being. Aha! Segway. It is a cartoon. It's, well, it's yet another in our Losers series. Yes, it is. What did this lose out to? This lost out to... Because it must have been one of mine, so I just want to revel in that. This lost out to Banana Man. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, well, that is kind of surprising because, you know, Sp Spider-Man has the, you know, the big name, doesn't he? Oh, he does. But... Brand recognition. Um, brand recognition, exactly. Uh, so I guess, yeah, we'll think about that during this episode. We'll decide whether the listeners made the right choice. Mm. So a bit of background on this. This is Spider-Man, the series from 1994. R ran for 65 episodes across five series, ending in 1997. Critically acclaimed. Beloved. This is seen as a seminal Spider-Man cartoon. Really? It is. Now, do you remember which channel this was on? This was on Cartoon Network. It aired as part of the Jetix block, which I remember watching Jetix because it was great. I don't, I don't know what that is. It was like a little sort of sub brand of um, Cartoon Network that had like more action superhero kind of um, uh, bits and pieces, like Dragon. Some of the Dragon Ball, some of the anime that they carried would be in there as well. Okay, because I know I was aware of a Spider-Man cartoon. But I don't remember ever watching this right. fully. I think this is the big one that most people will think of when they think of Spider-Man from then. Although there have been loads going back for years and years and years. Mm. Um, this one covers a lot of comic, uh, comic book storylines. So generally each episode or each couple of episodes in later series will deal with a span of comics um, and condense them quite well into 20 minutes. And there's bits and pieces we'll get into when we get further into this. So the two episodes we watched are obviously the first ever episode, Night of the Lizard, mm -hmm. from Series 1. And then we watched The Return of Hydro Man Part 1, which is from Season 5, which is uh, halfway through the last series. And if people want to watch these, they're all available on Disney+. Plus. Right. Because I'll, I'll say now, I uh, my experience with Spider-Man is that I've seen, I believe... <laughs> The first Tobey Maguire movie. Right. And you made me watch Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. And that's it. 
Well, I... I've seen no Andrew Garfield. I've seen nothing that Tom Holland is in. And is it Andrew Garfield? You laughed at me. No, it is Andrew Garfield. But, oh. you, but the thing is, like, we've said before, you've said before, like, you can't remember when you've watched things for this podcast. Yeah. You've watched the most recent Spider-Man movie with Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland in it. No, I didn't watch it. Okay. I was in the room. Right. But I didn't watch it. Okay, okay. I, n- I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. That was on. Okay. I was not watching. <laughs> okay. So so your exposure to Spider-Man really is limited to Tobey Maguire's first outing with Willem Dafoe. Yes. Where he fights the Green Goblin. I remember that. Uh, and Into the Spider-Verse, which is an incredible film. Amazing But film. it's not Peter Parker. It is not. Well, Peter Parker is in it. In it. But the main He's character the main is one. Miles Morales. I enjoyed that so much. I can't tell you. It's probably one of my... Because I'm uh, from that, you'll understand that I'm not big into superheroes, but I do, I do enjoy some of it, and that I thought was excellent. I loved it. Yeah. But yes, and and I'll, I'll be honest. One of the reasons that I've never taken much interest in Spider Man is it seems like he's they all these films are just trying to convince you that he's a whiny kid, and. I was a bit surprised at the portrayal of him in this because he seems quite different. Yeah, he does. He does. And I, I think this is the thing. This this obviously this doesn't start with the origin story. You don't get a like, ah, oh, this is how I became Spider Man thing. All the better for it, because can I just say mm-hmm. people take the piss out of Batman and they're like, you know, oh, did, were his parents killed or something? Does he not like bats? <laughs> I don't think we've ever seen any of that, right? People take the piss out of that. If I see one more fucking radioactive spider, I just, I'm not interested. I don't care. Get on with superheroing. Don't be messing around. Yeah. Like, yes, origin stories are great, but once you've heard it once, it's like, right, I know where they got there. Now I need them to do something about it. Yeah. And this is the thing. There's there's no messing around. There's just let's crack on. You all know him. You all know what he's going to do. So I had heard of the lizard. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen him... But this is this is obscure, right? So I remember nothing of the film that I was apparently in the room for the other night. But I do remember someone saying to me, Reese Ifans is going to play the lizard in one of the Spider-Man movies. That's perfect casting. <laughs> I just remember that. Does that happen? Yes. Okay, there we yes. go. Reese Ifans plays the lizard in the Andrew Garfield the first Andrew oh, Garfield really? Spider-Man. Yes, he does. So I've remembered that comment for quite a long time. You have. And he does kind of appear in uh, the in Spider-Man um, No Way Home. Um, Is that the thing I was in the room for? That's the thing you're in the room for. Right. But most of they use his voice and then they just recycled some footage of him from the Andrew Garfield things. Mm-hmm. Because even though it's Marvel, even though they've got all the money in the world, they cannot get enough money to make sure they've got Reese fans there in person. This Our first thing I want to talk about in this episode... <laughs> I want to talk about the intro. What did you think of the intro? Because for my money, this intro takes a, a few kind of like risks, liberties with the whole Spider-Man thing. Do you think? Well, I think there's one big one, which is the the Spider-Man song is massively like remixed for the nineties. I was not a fan of the song. Not like the noodling guitar and things. The song, I could barely, I couldn't really recognize it as Spider-Man. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. When what you, you mean. say remixed, mm-hmm. almost nothing of the original remains. And there's a voice in it that reminded me of like the Beastie Boys intergalactic. Yeah, it's that kind of heavily modulated, modulated. robotic sounding voice, isn't it? Yeah. There? So I I'm I'm not sure I was a fan of the song. It I think it has dated quite badly. I think it has done. I'm not saying it's not cool. It's yep. cool, but I think it's dated it. But it's it's almost saved for me by this being such a high action intro sequence. Yeah, you've got like the 3D, the CG buildings flying around, and you know as he's zooming through, and then you've got so many clips from the series of it's it's like a like a, an action series, like you know the intro from the A Team and things. Yeah, where everything's exploding and it's jumping. But rather than that being you know the thing that you always look out for, and it's never that because it's animated, all of those things happen in the series at some point. Yes, which is. That that's how it should be. Yeah, there's a lot of action in the in these episodes. That's the don't thing. give us a great intro, and then it turns out that's not what the show's like. Yeah, we don't want that. No, no, but I mean that intro music. There's like there's a sort of guitar line in it, which is um, following the sort of original like Spider Man, Spider Man, but it's slowed down, so it's like down, 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 down. Um, but the voice, I don't know if you could make out what the voice was saying. No. Okay, I couldn't as a kid, and this time listening to it, I finally clocked it, and he's basically going, spider blood, spider blood, he's got radioactive spider blood, over and over again. <laughs> oh, no! Yeah. And then I think it does that standard thing of, like, the garbled machine voice of the 90s, that it kind of just devolves, and the end goes, wow, you know. That that kind of thing. You remember that kind of thing? That no, happened? I oh, don't okay. really. Well, that used to happen. You I said think. that standard thing, and I was like, God, I wish I could think of that ever happening. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. But I think the intro sets you up well. This is, yes, you know, no arguments with that. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's a city. It's at night. This is going to be slightly dark. There's going to be, you know, a lot of action. There's going to be a lot of a lot of characters in it. You know, people coming and going, all that kind of stuff. But Spider Man is the thing. So. Let's so where do we start? Well, straight we... <laughs> underground. Underground, a couple of workmen. Where Spider-Man not at his best, is he? He's not. No, famously. <laughs> famously he swings from building to building. Mm, yeah. Unlike so th- most of this episode takes pr- place in the sewer. It does. And the next episode takes place in the sea. Yeah. So these really don't show a spider's skills. I, I'm I'm with you on that. It, they're much more, I think, along the spider rather than the Spider-Man setup. Like, if he was an actual full-blown spider, he'd be fine. Interesting fact you won't know about this. At one point in the series, he does actually turn into a spider. When you say interesting, why yep. would that be interesting? Because he turns into a full-blown spider-less. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he starts the word. He starts mutating, develops four extra arms, and then turns into a spider. I'm glad you didn't make me watch that episode because that really, I wouldn't have been able to contain my anger. (laughs) So our opening scene down the subway with these workmen Mm -hmm. is actually just sort of a set-up scene. Is one of them a very famous person voice? There are a lot of famous voices in it. I couldn't say for sure in this, but there are a lot of famous voices who come across the series in various points and times. So they have an encounter with what we find out is the lizard. Mm. And one guy sees these glowing red eyes, and the other one gets captured. Yeah, the other one gets captured, and his mate, who's new on the job, runs up, jumps in the van, starts driving away erratically in in terror, which, you know, you would. Spider-Man sort of saves this guy, and the guy's got gibbering about the red eyes, the red eyes. Spider-Man has no curiosity with that, does he? He's like, no, you nut, go on. 
Go on your way. He's not like, you know, a great detective at this point. I mean, the thing is, you've got to remember, he's, he's a photographer for a newspaper, so he's not that inquisitive either. He's... This is another thing I found strange. What on what is his career trajectory? Because he's a student at this stage. Yes. Studying with the guy who is actually the lizard. Yes. He's studying with Dr. Kirk Connors. So it's his it's his like Saturday job to, or his night job or whatever to be a photographer for whatever it is, Daily Planet or whatever it's called, I don't know. The Bugle. Bugle. The Daily Bugle. The Daily Bugle. Mm. Okay. Um, and all he really provides them with is photographs of Spider-Man because he never does that work otherwise. <laughs> no, is... Unless he's superheroing and he has taped a camera to the wall, it, he doesn't bother to go out and take any photographs. So what? how they keep him in that job, I don't know. No, I mean, this is the thing. He, You know, he, he it, it's one way he can make money carry on superheroing and also no one's going to have a clock that this guy who gets amazing shots of spider-man halfway up buildings in the middle of a fight must be involved somehow yeah it's like the photo that he ends up getting for this was taken in a sewer Mm -hmm. there's not a large crowd nearby it was only spider-man and the lizard there how did he get that photo (laughs) anyone on seeing that photo would go oh wow so you were there uh yeah, just yeah, you know, just me, the lizard, and Spider Man, <laughs> who I definitely am not the same person as. I just hang out in the sewers of a Friday night, don't I you? Just caught it by chance. <laughs> the thing I I don't get about this Spider Man here is when he saves this guy in the van, he's really surly. He's grumpy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's like, yeah, but make sure the cops don't blame me for this one. It's like. Well, what, how much damage are you doing that you're getting blamed so frequently, Spider-Man? Well, that's the thing with these superheroes, isn't it? They're always moaning, <laughs> always saying, oh, why are you t- telling us off? We're the good guys. When you see their battles, they're like, you know, destroyed half of the city. Mm. Obviously, you're going to get some backlash. Oh, yeah. What do you expect? What do you expect? And half the time... The supervillain's only reason for doing the plan is to get back at the superhero. So again, yes, there will be some backlash. You're the cause of all of this. <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, in this, you know, a lot of these things, it's fairly innocuous crime that's going on. When Spider-Man gets involved, suddenly city blocks are being levelled. What crime does this guy do? Turns himself into a lizard. That's not a crime. That was an accident. It's an accident. He's trying to turn himself back. You know? Oh, he does want to turn the entire city into lizards. Well, yeah, but I feel that's only like at the end when he's like, you know, gone mad with power. But by then, you could argue he's been antagonised by Spider-Man trying to stop him. Yeah, and really, that's like a mental health event. He needs a, you know, he needs a good talking to. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't need a bloke in a red and blue costume kicking him into into the water in a sewer. No, and then putting him on the front of the paper. This news of this lizard has spread to, has reached the ears of J. Jonah Jameson who is the editor of the Daily Bugle. I love this character. I have no arguments with this character. (laughs) I love how he's drawn in this. I love how he's played in the films. Mm -hmm. I think he's a great, great character. He hates Spider-Man. He's got this long-going... He sees Spider-Man as a menace, which, I'll be honest, I think growing up, I've always been like, nah, he's not, but... I'm kind of coming down on Jameson's side. The longer I spend with this Spider-Man, 
the more I'm realizing, no, you know what, actually, he is a bit of a troublemaker. Okay, he might be saving people, but there's a lot of ancillary damage. Yes, things could be better achieved if we just all took our time, you know, let's form a committee, mm-hmm. discuss things, have an agenda. <laughs> things need to be orderly. Can't just go swinging around <laughs> saying, I'm Spider-Man, I'm a Spider-Man. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, J. Jonah Jameson, anyway, he want, he's heard about this rumours about this lizard mm. because apparently after... Uh, Spider-Man left this guy a gibbering wreck. Somebody did actually take him seriously, thank goodness. So <laughs> so he's heard rumours about this lizard, you know, whatever it is, and wants a photo of it. Mm-hmm. And is going to pay a $1,000 bonus yes. to whoever gets the photo. And there's also, there's a rival in this for Peter Parker. Yeah, Eddie Brock. Yeah, he's a, he's a rival of um, uh, Spider-Man's. He ultimately will become Venom. Oh, he's Venom. He's Venom, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So All right. the end of the first series here is where the Venom, you get like a three episode. Because I always thought that Venom mm-hmm. was just like Spider-Man in that way that like Rogue, no, Jean Grey becomes Red whatever. <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, there's a sim- basically some astronauts bring back a symbiotic. I definitely have seen some of these episodes that were about Venom. Right, okay. Because I, I have seen them, not understood them, and filled in the blanks. And you're about to say something about a symbiote or whatever. Yes. And I've heard that, and I don't know why, why else I would have heard it. Fair enough. That's so I haven't fair. watched that Venom movie. No. Nope. Despite the fact Tom Hardy's in it. <laughs> I, was, I was close, but not. No. Basically, yeah, it's a symbiote that comes from space, um, bonds with Peter Parker, enhances his powers, then he realises it's turning him into an evil killing machine, so he gets rid of it, it bonds to Eddie Brock, and Eddie Brock becomes Venom. Love it. Yeah, so he's kind of like a monster, he's got like Superman's powers and everything else, and not Superman, Spider-Man's powers and everything else. But yeah. This is all, this is all... This is, spoilers. So this is all spoilers for future episodes, but at the same time, if people are worried about spoilers, this thing is, you know, it, it's nearly it's nearly 30 years old, really. They should they should have got to watch it before they now. They should have watched it by now. You say that about anything, though, that's a bit harsh, <laughs> yes. isn't it? It is a bit. Anyway, Eddie Brock is already on the trail of the lizards, um, and it's it's sort of like they know. They know the problem they have in this town, because he said... I've been looking up scientists who study lizards. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, that's weird, isn't it? Because all they know so far is there are glowing red eyes in the sewer. <laughs> and the name, the lizard. If somebody somebody said it looked like a lizard or something, so they've given it the name, the lizard. So he's like, well, I'll just call up all the scientists who study lizards. You know what Like they're like around here? They're always drinking their own potions, aren't they? <laughs> You know what it'll be? It'll be one of those bloody blokes. He's lizard obsessed. You go in his house, there's a lizard clock on the wall and, you know, all his pencils got lizard toppers. Oh, bloody lizard guy. That's the that's the fellow we want. That's that's your, that's your standard superhero logic. Yep. If someone is a villain with the attributes of a thing, find the person who studies that thing. If you were going to become a superhero or supervillain in that mm-hmm. case... Just based on what you know the most about or have the most memorabilia related to, <laughs> who do you think you would be? Oh, well, I think based on the state of our house, I'd be Random Crap Man. Random Crap Man? <laughs> what are your powers? I can generate knickknacks with um, <laughs> from nothing. I can create clutter by, the, by just throwing my hand out. 
You know, like have uh, you already been doing that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've got a secret identity, Liz. <laughs> uh, what about you? What would your uh, powers be? What would your alter ego be? I don't know, but I definitely use it for evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that comes no surprise to anyone. I'm sure, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before. What's the point? Otherwise, what's the point? No, I don't know. What do I have the? I don't have any weird collections. You know, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, give me everything related to whatever. Yeah. No, maybe knowledge that you've got particular knowledge of a subject. Big knowledge girl. Big knowledge girl. There we go. (laughs) Trivia lass. Big Uh, knowledge girl doesn't sound like I um, (laughs) am a supervillain or a superhero. It sounds like I'm an egghead. It sounds like I should be on eggheads with... Whatever they're all, all, all on there. And... I'll be honest, it sounds like a bluff name. I'm Big Knowledge Girl, so you're quite smart. Oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've got big knowledge. I've got the big knowledge. I've got big knowledge for sure. Yeah, yeah, ask me anything. Yeah, <laughs> ask, Go on, ask me something. What's the capital of Guatemala? Well, not anything, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> come give on. A, give me an easy one. Give me one I can get. Come on, it's possible that someone would know. Yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> the conditions aren't right for my powers. <laughs> This... Is there a capital of Guatemala? Yeah, I'm sure Guatemala's got a capital. It's probably, I think it's just Guatemala. Okay, fair enough. No, I just made that. Thanks, big knowledge girl. Ask me the capital of Djibouti. What's the capital of Djibouti? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> uh, no, it's Djibouti. <laughs> okay. There we are, that. <laughs> Some of that big knowledge deployed. <laughs> Knickknack? <laughs> Do you know where the word knickknack comes from? I do not know where the word knickknack comes from. Me neither. <laughs> big knowledge girl. Big knowledge. You've been big knowledge. <laughs> it's what the world's been crying out for, Liz. I, I, I could make stuff up, but I think you'd be better as like bullshit boy. <laughs> no, it's, it's from the Latin uh, knickersnackers. Knickersnackers. Yep. When, and it, uh, which... Literally translated as shit that is here. <laughs> Nick, knickers knackers. And then over time, you know, our words get corrupted. It just came knickknacks. Right. Nothing I say is true. <laughs> really, you could have fooled me <laughs> with that impenetrable... I mean, I know you studied Latin, but I, I saw through that one. <laughs> when you say studied Latin, I went to... I went to a school where they had a Latin teacher, so they made us take it mm. in year nine. I studied Latin in high <laughs> you know, a little more than just turning up for lessons and the bloke going, oh, you know, uh, we're going to watch this. Uh, I think he genuinely played us the clip from Monty Python where they conjugate the verb or whatever it is. Oh, Romani aunt domus. Whatever it is. I, I, I genuinely think that was one of our lessons. So no, I don't. All I all I remember is like t- teaching us a few of the f- phrases they use in law and some of them, okay. like caveat emptor, knickersnackers, knickersnackers. <laughs> I studied Latin. It makes it makes it sound so grand. <laughs> I also studied food technology, <laughs> which is where they taught us that factories make the food. You just need to reheat it in a microwave. Thank you, Big Knowledge Girl. You've saved us. We're preparing you for life in the 21st century. (laughs) Back to Spider-Man. Jameson's offering $1,000 for a photo, which Peter's very excited about. He thinks, I could get a car. 
goes home and we're introduced to Aunt May, who we find very quickly is struggling for cash. He's I'm right. I'm not okay with the relationship with Auntie May okay. at all in any shape or form. Okay. Right? Because he says to her, Hey pretty lady, why the frown? <laughs> right. No, that's not that's not what? <laughs> Who talks to their elderly aunt like that? Hey pretty lady. He's running around the, the, the city in a spandex outfit, invading people's homes. He's got no boundaries, Liz. He's got no concept of boundaries. I don't like it. And the fact that he's like, yeah, what am I getting with my $1,000? Am I going to get a car? Like, he seems like he's a grown man. I know he's studying, but surely this shouldn't be the first time that he's heard of them having money worries. Surely he should be paying his keep. Well, yeah, I think I think he should be. I think I don't know how old he is at this point because he is like a college student, so I'd guess he's like meant to be eighteen, nineteen. I do, Looks he doesn't about come 35. across. Yeah, he doesn't come across young. I think that might be a problem that I have with it is that if he was, if he did come across like he was eighteen, then I can imagine. Yeah, he wouldn't know about the money worries, but he came across like a full adult that should be already taking care of his elderly relative, yeah. and she seems. Hundreds of years old. Like, is she actually an auntie? She's great aunt? No, she is his aunt. Right. She's too old in that case. Why'd they draw her so old? She looks like something out of Victorian age. I don't know, but she's almost always been drawn very old in this. Too old! Because she looks like she should be in a home. (laughs) I think this is why when they did the Tom Holland ones, they put Marissa Tomei in as his aunt. Too hot! Too young. <laughs> They've gone too far the other way. <laughs> too far the other way. What are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> who would you like to see as Aunt May? <laughs> uh, who's who, who's Spider Man? First of all, how old is he? Who is he? Well, say he's like you know, eighteen-year-old Spider Man. Eighteen-year-old person. Yeah, Spider Man. Yeah. Who would I like his aunt to be? We really do jettison women after a certain age, don't we? <laughs> We really just go. No, you're not allowed to be in stuff anymore. <laughs> I, I think I think you're, you're right. I think um, if there's no one obvious or jumping to mind of someone, because realistically, you're looking for someone in their like mid late forties. I would think for like an eighteen year old, forty five to fifty. Forty five to fifty. Which uh, is possibly Marissa Tomei is that age, possibly. Mm. But she looks too good on it. I reckon. Okay, so you want. I don't know why. This is terrible because I made you say that it was Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. But then, I, for some reason, the name that jumped into my head was Shelley Winters. <laughs> okay. Which doesn't work. She's dead. Yeah. <laughs> but I think she looks like this. Yeah, I think I think she's like supposed to be based on this whole thing of like I, I don't know why it's aunt and uncle. And <laughs> why not... do you seem so surprised by that answer? I don't know. I Doesn't that answer seem entirely fit it with me? It does seem entirely <laughs> on brand for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think this is the thing. I don't know why it's it's aunt and uncle and not like grandparents because there is that age difference. And Aunt May always looks much older and yeah he's meant to be like 16 17 18 through most of this stuff into like his early 20s i think really like he you know by by sort of the end of the thing i think he's probably See, if, in his he's, early if he's 16 when it starts mm. then aunt may could have started out as like 36 yeah i mean that's that's young but 
Like, why does she look like that one who has who owns Tweety Pie? Why does she look like that? <laughs> I don't know if it's exactly what she looks like. Exactly. That's yeah, it. that's what I'm saying. She's too old. Yeah. She should be getting her pension. <laughs> does she have a job? Uh, no. W- women don't have jobs, famously, do they? <laughs> w- women don't have jobs. They just um, are... I believe she is retired, uh, and obviously Uncle Ben has, has no. passed away. Was it? What? Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, his Uncle Ben, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know his job. <laughs> He's on the rice, isn't he? <laughs> Different Uncle Ben. Different Uncle Ben. Anyway, so Peter is thinking, okay, now I get this $1,000, I can help Aunt May pay down some bills, because she's trying to hide these bills from him. Uh, and he's immediately out looking for the lizard. Of course he is, and he's got a torch in his groin. On his belt, I believe. I, but again, that was lower than a belt. Yeah, because why would there be a belt? It's a onesie. It's yep. quite clearly a onesie. Yeah. Uh, one of the places he goes is to the the university or college, whatever it is, mm-hmm. where he studies, and we encounter another great female character. Yes. Uh, Deborah Whitman. Deborah Whitman. She's uh, another student where, where he is. Awful. She is awful. Yes. She, they've... They've made this character almost unwatchable. It is painful anytime she's on screen. Like, you know when you run into someone and you're like, I hate you, I want to punch you in the face. It, I felt like that. I was like, if she stays on screen much longer, I'm going to have to punch the TV set. <laughs> is she meant to be horny for Peter Parker? I think she's meant to be a bit of like a, a nag. Well, she's described as a bit of a nag and like a busybody. Definitely and- a nag, definitely a busybody. Has she also secretly got the hots for Peter? I think maybe she has secretly got the hots for Peter, but she's never a love interest in this series. There are two love interests. Well, in I don't this blame him. For... <laughs> two love interests. Yes. Mary Jane, the redhead. Mary Jane and uh, Felicia Hardy uh, is the other one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've never encountered her. No. Well, she's. Uh, this is the thing. At the, for the first like few episodes, first sort of series, he's kind of dating Felicia Hardy, and then uh, he's, Aunt May is trying to like set him up with Mary Jane Watson. Why is she meddling? Because Mary Jane's mother is uh, a friend of hers. Okay. Right, so she's there trying to like do a bit of matchmaking there. But so, she doesn't like Felicia then. I, d- I don't think she likes Felicia. She too much. must not. Felicia's very upper class. Felicia's very very wealthy. I don't uh, like Felicia. No. <laughs> Just based on the name, don't get a good vibe off of that. No. Okay. Well, we'll we'll yeah we'll talk more about Felicia as we go on. Will we? Yes, we will because Felicia's in the second episode we watched. Oh, I forgot. But anyway, through all this, we get a bit of because Peter's clock that it's that that Kirk Connors is involved. Um, it sees the lizard no, there. Has he? No, he, he. Listen, listen. I have a big problem with that statement okay. because the next thing that happens, right? The next thing that happens is he's looking for Doc Connors. I accept that he's looking for him, but he encounters the lizard, right? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know anything. No. The lizard is wearing a lab coat with an ID on it. And he, as he fights this creature, shouts out, what have you done with Doc Connors? <laughs> so, I, uh, if, one of his superpowers is not the superpower of deduction. No. Because he looks at his former teacher, who is now a lizard, 
wearing the same clothes, the same ID in the lab, mm-hmm. and he knows that his whole thing was about lizards, and he never once goes, do you know what, that's bloody funny, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that could be him, you know. <laughs> you know how You know how I got bit by that spider and I got all those powers? I wonder if that could have happened to him. <laughs> no, the same thing could happen twice, that's crazy. <laughs> that would be crazy talk, absolutely crazy. <laughs> I mean, this thing because he, he even has a flashback of of Doc Connors in the lab using the mutagenic recombinator to make a mouse grow back an arm, and Doc Connors is wearing the same purple trousers and black shirt and white lab. Yes, coat. he is, and yes, it seems like this happened maybe a day ago. Yes, it's a flashback to yesterday <laughs> when he said, "I've got the because Doc Connors is missing an arm." Is that it? Yes. And it's and it's like, look at this. I've used lizard DNA to make a mouse grow an arm. Peter, are you following me? I could use this to grow my arm. Is what is implied here. <laughs> he's there in the back, going, "Yeah, whatever." Just flipping through an auto trader, looking what his <laughs> car he's going to buy with his next thousand dollar photo. And this is the thing. I, I love. He, he still, yeah, he can't make that connection at all because he's asking himself, "Oh, well, you know, like, what, what's going on here?" So he goes off to see, goes to Kirk Connors' house. Yeah, to see his family. <laughs> so it is a bit of an awkward encounter because obviously, if he'd have gone there as Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. He could have said, I'm one of his students. I'm a bit worried about him. I've just seen this lizard thing. It was wearing all of his clothes. <laughs> he had his ID badge. <laughs> Seems a bit fishy. Have Using you seen his car him? keys. <laughs> Called me Peter. <laughs> Shot me by the shoulders. Said, it's me. It's Kirk Connors. I've drunk the liquid. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he speaks to the wife. She's yeah. a bit reluctant to share it information she is and it's only then when the the lizard appears and there's a a fight between um spider-man the lizard that she finally comes clean and says that is my husband she comes clean doesn't she yes. yeah yeah she finally confesses gives up the goods <laughs> and uh spider-man uh, goes off got off to the sewers after no there's this awful scene first with the kid because kirk connor's steals his wife and the little kid goes, Daddy took her away. <laughs> and then there's this awful bit where Spider-Man is like, I'm going to drop you safely at a neighbour's house. And then I'll continue on to save your mother and try and figure whatever else out. It's like, it's so hackneyed. Like, li- honestly, I don't give a shit if he leaves the kid on the doorstep. <laughs> they put that in because they're like, oh, better make sure that everyone knows he doesn't leave the kid here unattended. He makes sure the child is safe before pursuing the other things. Like I don't give a, sh- I don't give a shit. I'd like to see more of that kind of thing, though. Of the lizards rampaging through town. He's destroying cars, flipping over things. Buildings are collapsing. But first, we must make sure to look both ways before we cross the road to fight him. It is that. <laughs> it is that. It's like, but kids, if you're watching, there's no excuse for sloppy road safety. <laughs> But it's a, con- a stark contrast because that's my least favourite part bit of dialogue with the kid there. Yeah. To some of my most favourite dialogue when he gets into the sewers 
So it's, this is properly his first time properly in the sewers, I yeah. guess. And he's going, why couldn't I be a galaxy hopping superhero? You don't see the Avengers down here. <laughs> Which, if I'd have seen that at the time, I would have had no clue what the Avengers were. And yeah, he references some other things that I don't think I still know. Yeah, he, he mentions the Defenders. He mentions Fantastic Four um, because most. A lot of other Marvel heroes crop up in this series. So oh, he meets the Fantastic Four, most of the X-Men, Iron Man, War Machine, Captain America's in it at various points. There's all sorts of it's like the whole roster of of like right. Marvel superheroes kind of crop into this this series at various points. Fair enough. Well, yeah, anyway, he makes a few references to but you know, you wouldn't see them down here in a sewer or whatever else. Which is quite fun. Mm. So I liked that bit. Then we get the sort of thing here. So now he's got the Neogenic Recombinator, the lizard, and he's he basically now he's got this idea to turn everyone into lizards like him because lizards are inherently evil and That's not it's why. infecting his brain. Oh, I see what you mean. He he thinks he he says he's a superior being now. He's like it's the next evolution or whatever. So He's going to make everyone better by making them like him. And his wife has the best counter-argument to that. Mm. The best counter-argument ever. If you're so much better, why do you need my hands? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Will. Just to make clear, he he said he needs her hands to operate the recombinator. (laughs) Is this it? Just in case people think I missed a step here, what <laughs> what is what did he need his wife's hands for? Um, yeah, he says her hands are small enough to operate oh, it. <laughs> didn't he build it? He did build it, but as a human, he didn't foresee himself he, becoming he a didn't lizard. Foresee giant lizard hands? You never do. <laughs> he says, "I'm the first of a new race. I'm the first of a new race." So he wants everybody to be a race of lizards. Yeah, he wants everyone to be lizard people. It's. I, you know, it, it's it's a it's a bold plan that he's come up with on the fly, in about twenty seconds. But yeah, uh, it does seem like maybe the um, lizard DNA has altered his brain. I'd like it's a pretty bad plan, <laughs> and honestly, it doesn't seem to fit with his character. He was just trying to regrow himself an arm. Was well, it? I'd like his wife to be more challenging. <laughs> Why do you need my I... hands? Well, the controls are far too small for my lizard hands. You haven't thought this through. That's what I would be like. <laughs> me as a wife down there. Well, this is you, isn't it? This is all. This is all you ever do is you just go off without thinking. You haven't thought it through to the end, and now I've been dragged down the sewers. There's shit on my leg. <laughs> Look at that tail. How are you going to get around with that tail in the way? I don't know why you think I would want to be a lizard. How will I get clothes that fit? This is ridiculous. Look, my lab coat still fits. It's a bit shredded and tattered. <laughs> oh, yes, that's what we want. Shredded and tattered. And where are you going to get shoes? Now you've only got three massive toes. <laughs> you I've never... evolved not to need shoes. Well, I happen to like shoes. <laughs> oh, that's your answer for everything. More shoes. <laughs> This is why I spent so much time in the lab. <laughs> Spider Man's just standing there going, uh, should I get involved or <laughs> Wait, that's Kurt Connors. <laughs> God. So anyway, the the climax of this episode mm. is a fight in a river of sh- liquid shit. Yes, it is. Brilliant. Uh, with the neogenic recombinator going off, so you get a nice light show as well. 
What a great start to the series this is. <laughs> yes. Kurt Connors is turned back into his old one-armed self. Uh, and, you know, we, we it's everything sorted. Eddie Brock's going along saying, I'm telling you, Kurt Connors is the lizard. He's taking Jameson along. And he says, if he's not, I'll eat today's paper. And, of course, opens the door. And Kurt Connors knows Jameson like he's an old friend. Like, yes, Jay, somehow, Jameson, what are you doing here this morning? What are you doing here? Somehow they're old friends. Don't, <laughs> don't ask how. Please excuse our clothes covered in shit and shredded all over the place. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so, and my arm's grown back. <laughs> no, he's still only got the one arm. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't get the arm back. No, no, no. Okay, sorry. That's, that's it. So, uh, yeah, so that's the first episode. So that was you're in, you're in then into the series. Okay, so next episode, Series 5, Episode 7, The Return of Hydro Man, Part 1. So, some big changes have happened. Mary Jane and Peter Parker are now married. Which is quite a big change. It is a big change. Because you're telling me he's an 18-year-old dating Felicia. Yep. Now he's a married man. He's a married man in his 20s now. No more. He's, you know, he's done with, with dating Felicia. He's a, he's a one-woman man, is Peter Parker. He's... I know he's grown up, because... One of the first things Mary Jane says to him is they're talking about we open with a dream of hers, like a distressing sort of thing. He says, Oh, you had the dream again. She says, It's just a dream, Tiger. <laughs> tiger. Yeah. Very few men are worthy of being called Tiger. That that she calls him Tiger all day long. All through this episode. Yep. And it really every time it jarred with me. Yeah. He's not a tiger type. No, but I, th- I think he's this... a spider. <laughs> he is, and she does know that. But I think it would be a bit, give- bit of a giveaway if she called him Spider every five but he's minutes. He's just not the type. Well, <laughs> he's just not the type. Tiger. He's got nothing of a tiger about him. <laughs> I don't even think I choose a spider for him. I think I choose like mollusk. Mollusk man. <laughs> he's just got nothing about him. He's got no vim and vigor. No, that's the thing. I think he, a tiger would be very vigorous. Yeah, he's meant to be like your friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man. I know that phrase. And I did think of that phrase when he was saying that he was going to live, leave the kid with a neighbour. I was like, yeah, it's because you're the friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man. Yeah. How boring. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just not... Oh, it's just a dream, Tiger. Yeah, she's she's no. meant to be a bit of a sex pot, is Mary Jane, I think. Is she? Well, I think so in this, and I think this is the thing, when, like, compared to, like, Kirsten Dunst... I was going to uh, say, it does not come across in the film. And uh, and, and Zendaya, who's who's the other sort of MJ, you know, that, that, that's the thing, I don't think you get that, but with this, it's very no. much... She's very forward, is Mary Jane. Is she? She's quite forward in a lot of the things. Well, well. Um... Yeah, so like when they sort of first thing, she's like, "So when are you taking me on a date, Parker?" And he's like, oh, "Soon, sure, yeah, I'll take you on a date." So it's see, I'm not necessarily against that. Mm. I quite like that idea of her being a bit forward and him being a bit of a dork. Yeah, but if you are a forward woman with a dork, you can't call him Tiger. Do you think even... I could get away with calling you Tiger. I yeah, definitely. No. Well, I'm not I... as much as a dork of a dork as Peter Parker is, and I'm not as forward as Mary Jane. <laughs> And yet. <laughs> and yet. I couldn't do it with a straight face. <laughs> no, I feel like you'd be like, all right, Tiger. That's that's me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Peter Parker and Mary Jane, they're on their way to their belated, delayed honeymoon at Niagara Falls. Because this is the 1950s when people go on a honeymoon to Niagara Falls. Is it? No, it's not the 1950s. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to say... 
I didn't pick that up on that. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah, this this is the 90s, but it feels like a very kind of old school, mid-century American thing to do. Of We're going on a honeymoon, sweetheart. Where are we going? Niagara Falls. I haven't been to Niagara Falls, but I have heard that it is a bit dated. Yeah, this is the thing. I think I've only seen, like, you know, photos. and It's one of those things, that, like, you think, well, just look at the falls then. Don't worry about whether the gift shop's got anything, you know, got fidget spinners. Just, um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> That, that's how these places stay relevant, fidget spinners in the in the gift shop. But to be honest, I, w- I was disappointed when I went to Land's End. Yeah? Yeah. So you haven't been to Land's End? What's... Wouldn't go. No, wouldn't no. recommend it. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I feel like I've said this before. You worried me now because I, ke- I keep calling the youths Puritans. Um, and I'm worried now I'm doing a lot of Land's End critique, which no one asked for. <laughs> oh, she's getting out the Land's End material again. But you get there and truly there is nothing there. It is the Land's End. So you just look around you go, yeah, okay. There's not even like, there's like a path that they recommend and it's literally like scaling a rock face. And we weren't prepared for that. Uh, no. I, I very rarely am. <laughs> and so, yeah, it just seems a big like, disappointment. It's barren. Barren landscape. <laughs> Just the, the bleak view of the sea. And just a signpost saying that it's a long way to John O'Groats, but you can tell that from a map. Yeah, all from John O'Groats. You can tell it's a long way to Land's End. Yeah, well, I don't know if there's anything more there. I, I don't imagine there is. I think no. it's probably just a sign saying Land's End that way, a yeah, lot yeah. of miles. Yeah. Well, I don't intend to do the re- reverse. They've burned me once. I'm not going the other end. <laughs> Fool me once. Shame on you. Exactly, exactly. But anyway, so they arrive in this clapped-out old van, and they're late for the boat. So... Parker grabs Mary Jane and does this leap of about a good few hundred feet oh, yeah. onto the boat. Everyone's like, wow, that's impressive. They give him a uh, clap and he says, I was all American in track and field, <laughs> which is one of those things that sounds so American. That I'm sure it means something to them. I don't know what it means. I, I... But it does, does sort of suggest that he is more concerned with his honeymoon than keeping his secret identity a secret. Yes. And I think at this point, you know, he's he, he has these moments of like... Uh, I should give up being Spider-Man, you know, everything else, it's not worth it. And I think this is, when he when he's married to Mary Jane, I think he's probably closest to thinking, no, you know what? <coughs> I've earned some me time. Um, but it's not to last, because... We have to encounter, at some point, this hydroelectric boy, or whatever it is. Hydro-man. Hydro-man. They don't call him that, though. They call him by his real name, which is, I think, Morty Drench. It's Morrie Bench. Morrie Bench. Morrie Bench. Okay. Morty Drench, better name for a guy called Hydro Man. <laughs> I think I've written down Morty Drench all, all the way. Well, let's call him Morty Drench then. Well, no, don't confuse me now, because you've just said he's called Bench, not Drench. Yes. Okay, so Morty Bench is... <laughs> Morty Bench. He Morty, like Mo- the... Like the host of the TV show. M- no, M-O-R-R-I-E. Like Morris, but with an E on the end. Morris Bench. Maury, yeah. Maury Bench. Maury Bench. Okay, anyway, he's like an ex-boyfriend? Well, I I think... I don't know whether he actually is an ex-boyfriend. I think he was like someone who wanted to be Mary Jane's boyfriend, but uh, is obsessed with her. He became... Sex pest. Yeah, sex pest, basically. He became Hydro Man in a previous series and he was bitten by some radioactive water <laughs> he was homeopathy created hydro man <laughs> did it yes it'll get you it'll get you that memory of a substance will get you yeah he um became hydro man basically through some experiments that someone performed on him uh, and he has powers of water 
He has powers of water, yeah, yeah. And he steals Mary Jane straight off. Yep. Gone. She's gone. Obviously, Peter Parker's very concerned about this. He delivers a great dramatic line. I've got to look everywhere he might go. Places near water. <laughs> yep. Obviously. Yep, that's probably where he'll go. But seeing as you're at Niagara Falls, that is, you know, yeah, where are you going to start? Yep. So he immediately heads back to New York and he's checking everywhere that there might be some water. So he's not, yeah, exactly. But he's at Niagara Falls. He goes back to New York. I've got to check all places near water. That's quite a lot of places when you think about it. Yes. There's quite 70% of the Earth's crust or whatever is water. Isn't it? Yeah, New York is a coastal city, famously with major rivers. Everybody's got swimming pools in America, aren't they? Oh, yeah. He could, he, he could be anywhere. He could hide in a glass. He could be anywhere, Liz. Ridiculous. Everywhere. It's the ultimate disguise. I've got to go places near water. How ridiculous. <laughs> but he can't... He also... Right, sorry. Yep. He also calls Mary Jane the one woman in the world he would give anything to protect. Can I just ask... Yep. Is Auntie M dead at this stage? No, Aunt May is still alive. Aunt May is now living with uh, Anna Watson, is living with Mary Jane's mother. Uh, they've they've moved in together. Something, um, go, something going on there? Uh, no, basically Peter moved out. Only one bird being slept in? <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to assume. Uh, Peter moved into a uh, an apartment with a college friend, ha- uh, Harry Osborne, who ends up becoming a supervillain. Obviously. Um, like his dad. Harry Osborne's just a good name. Yeah. Just a solid... Real person name. Yeah, well, Norman Osborne becomes the Green Goblin, then Harry Osborne becomes the Green Goblin. Uh, so basically, that so that so he moves into like with his college roommate, and she, in order to make up the rent, uh, has Anna Watson move in with her or moves in with Anna Watson. I can't remember which. She's still struggling with the bills. Yeah, of course. And now she's lost her, her photographer nephew. Does he not look after her? Because from this statement, the one woman in the world I would protect, I was like. Well, Auntie M must be dead because she's because surely, <laughs> surely he would also want to protect her. Nope, still no loyalty. No, no loyalty to the woman who raised him after his parents were killed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like she's like a mother to him. Yeah, absolutely, and no obligation he feels to her, despite the fact, arguably, he got her husband killed. Did he? Yes. Oh my God. You, I realized you don't, you know nothing about Spider Man. Okay, well, it fam- took you this long. Well, I thought you'd seen the first Tobey Maguire one in which Uncle Ben dies. Oh, sorry, I forgot it. <laughs> That's okay. I so- shouldn't have raised your hopes by saying I'd seen that because I know that I saw it, but I don't remember anything about it. Okay. Other than the Tobey Maguire Kirsten Dunst were in it. And I do vaguely remember the Willem Dafoe being the goblin because yes. he was on like a sort he's got a sort of hover surfboard. Yes, he has. Hmm. Yeah. But basically quick rundown because it's the same across a lot of iterations. He gets his powers, decides to enter wrestling matches because he can make a lot of money. The wrestling promoter screws him um, out of the money. The the Someone bursts in, robs him. He does nothing to stop the guy as he's running out. Later on finds that that guy shot and killed Uncle Ben. So How's he, that his fault? Because he didn't stop the guy when he could have done. He should have done, and he could Why have done. Why didn't he stop him? He didn't stop him because he was basically he he was selfish. Because he's the, basically he's like, well, that guy screwed me over. I'm happy to see him get screwed over by a man with a gun stealing his money. Oh, so, uh, there's too many guys. Yeah. I think I lost. And it's track. it's that that basically <laughs> teaches him with great power comes great responsibility. Oh. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's his central thing. With right. great power comes great responsibility. I have great power. I have a responsibility to use it to help people. Clear? Okay. 
I've got you. I'm all up to speed. Okay, so he's looking for water. He's looking for bodies. Where of- will he start? <laughs> he can't find anywhere, so he goes to see the police. And uh, as Peter Parker and Felicia Hardy turns up, basically because because the police say, "Look, leave with us." He goes off, and Felicia Hardy turns up at um, his house. Is she the black cat? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. Right. So she turns <clears throat> up initially just as Felicia Hardy, then as, as Black Cat, and he doesn't know that the Black Cat is Felicia Hardy, or maybe he does. But basically, this is a whole thing earlier series. She's exposed to a super serum, becomes super strong and everything else. But it's still a I actually liked her. Yeah. I thought she was a good character. She was interesting. Yeah. Well, at this point, she, she's not just like a, a, a socialite who's you know, arguably too good to be slumming it with the likes of Peter Parker. Now she's a superhero descended from um, a, a fam- infamous cat burglar. There were a lot of like references to past and stuff, which I was probably meant to pick up on, but I just sort of ignored. That's, that's fine. That's fair. You, you don't need to know that you're watching this out of, out of synchronisation with the rest of it. So that's fine. So anyway, he's got... They've managed to find Mary Jane's jacket by this point. Yeah. And he analyses it because he says, well, it'll have been through the water that is Mori Bench, which is a little weird. That is weird, isn't it? It is a little bit. It's like, okay, not entirely okay with I that. I don't like it. No, I'm glad they he, gloss over it quickly. Actually, I did realise his name was, was Bench because I've trained, changed my notes halfway through from drench <laughs> to bench. <laughs> because he meant he says bench in his liquid form. Yeah. And I don't think any of us should have a liquid form. <laughs> Don't, I don't like that. No, don't go with that. It has images. <laughs> it does. There, there's an implication there that I don't really like. I'm not on board with. No, Deborah turns up again. Speaking of things we don't like. Yeah, she's there. Uh, and she's there. That's it. Yep, <laughs> she's there. He, but Peter discovers through analysing this jacket. Oh, the jacket. Yeah. That he steals from a police lab to take to a different lab for some reason. No he's idea got, why. He's got plan. He's yep. Got plan. That there's crude oil on it. So he goes immediately. He goes, ah, the old offshore oil rig. Yeah, again, one of the most common things that you could find, I would say, like crude oil near water. Yep. But he knows exactly the oil rig it's going to be. Yes, he does. Fortunately, his his deduction skills have got a lot better, and he's he's off there having stolen a boat and installed in his wrists the, his special batch of coagulating fluid. Yes, because that's how he beat Morty Bench last time. But basically, there's a big old fight on this oil rig that he uh, is starting to lose. He gets MJ on the boat so she can get away. Yeah, um, he says to her, I can't fight with you. I'll make mistakes. Yes. And so she has to go away. <laughs> what mistakes is he going to make with her there? I don't know. Is he going to like, hit her by mistake? <laughs> like, It's like just throwing a punch. Say- oh, it's the wrong person. He's saying he'd be worried about her. And so, you know, he'd be more worried about her. But like... Is it really that much just to have one person there? You shouldn't be that easily distracted if you're Spider-Man. Yeah, and if much you just go, it's not safe, hop on the boat and go, rather than I'll make mistakes, which just seems like a weird thing to say. Yes, I'll make mistakes. That was what was weird to me. Yeah. Not, you'll be safer in the boat. Because <laughs> he has to send her off, you know, to God knows where. Yeah. A boat is on water. So my thought as soon as he did that was... Why would the waterman even stick around with you? He'll just go straight after her. Yeah, and because you've given away your boat now, you can't. You and can't, you can't do anything. Yeah, that's it. But Bench is just too distracted with trying to kill Spider Man. 
And he almost does, because he collapses this platform, it pins Peter Parker in place with water rising mm. and the electricity there, and he's going to get fried. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, the, the black cat appears. She turns up, doesn't she, to save yes. his ass? She does. Because she's been keeping an eye on it, whatever. Yeah, pulls him free. They jump two miles onto another boat. Big jump. It's a hu- It's an enormous jump. She it's- says, we can't do that. Yeah, and he's and like, she's a cat. Yeah. <laughs> what can jump further, a spider or a cat? Definitely a cat. Right. Relative to size, probably a spider, but in actuality, definitely a cat. Don't think about it. No. There's an odd bit here where the police have turned up on the like shore, if you can call it that, and they arrest Mary Jane for stealing the boat. Yes, they do. And they're not very considerate. They go, tell it to the judge, miss. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, just listen. Just listen. Look, things are happening. If you look around, you'll see what's going on. Yeah, and they, they, they are not... They're trucking with none of it. And they also seem to have laser guns. Yes, they do have laser guns, which makes me think maybe this isn't set in 1994, but maybe in the future. Is it in the future? Yeah, I was going to say to you. Well, I think maybe it is, but at the same time, like... He's still using like an old analog, like film camera. I know the camera looks yeah. so old. <laughs> and yeah, the rest of the tech doesn't seem that advanced. But yeah, they the police have laser pistols now for some reason. So Mary Jane is taken to the police station, mm-hmm. and the danger here is that Mori Bench, Mori Bench, wants her back. So he's just going to go straight there. He gets in the sprinklers. He does. He gets in the sprinkler system. Which goes off, so then he can just infiltrate the building. Which, again, an amazing power to be able to infiltrate any building by getting into the pipes. Well, any building, you know, with sprinklers. Yeah, yeah. Well, this thing—he could come out the taps, I guess. He could do bubble but, up through the toilet. But this is the thing. Big question: Why was Parker limiting his search to places with water? This is when- what I'm saying. Everywhere is a place with water. <laughs> if you expand it out enough, it's like we're at Niagara Falls. That's got water. Go back to New York. You just passed one billion places with water. What everything had? There's water everywhere. Look from where you'd expect him least, the desert. But yeah, so very quickly things move to a factory somewhere because because Maury Bench kidnaps her. He he's he's. Of, it seems like it's a water factory. Yeah, it does seem like it's a water factory, <laughs> but also with firework chemicals. Oh yes, there are the fireworks. Yes, which she she has a flashback to when Peter explained. Uh, how fireworks are different colours. This, to me, is the most unrealistic part of the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, she flashes back to a, co- a conversation with him where he tells her the names of two chemicals, one which makes red light and one which makes blue. And he's telling her, whilst they're looking at fireworks, that that's how they get them to be different colours. And she remembers that conversation so well that she remembers the exact names. Now, anyone who's ever been in a relationship, you don't listen to your partner that much. (laughs) Whenever you tell me an interesting fact, I'm only half listening. And I don't remember any of the details. (laughs) Well, this this is because you're a big knowledge girl. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love knowledge. I soak it up like a sponge. (laughs) Unless you tell me, in which case I just ignore it. She remembers these chemicals amazingly, puts them into a furnace, lights them, and Peter Parker somehow makes a connection of, hmm, 
the weird coloured smoke coming out of that stack. Ah, that'll be like that time I told Mary Jane about the fireworks. Yeah, he flashes back to the same thing. Like, this must have been the biggest conversation in their life. They must talk about it all the time. must go, remember when you told me the the names of the colours that make red and blue in fireworks? I do remember that. I think about it all the time. (laughs) So this episode, because it's only part one, Yes. It ends with a kind of, like, cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. Because as part of this fight that they're having between Spider-Man and Morris Drench. Hydro-Man. Hydro-Boy, whatever his name is. As part of this fight they're having, Spider-Man gets in trouble. It looks bad for him. Oh, yeah. And Mary Jane suddenly displays that she has the same powers. Yes. She shoots water out of her hands in a very Morris Bench way. And I, I, as is typical for me, I said immediately, why has she got the same powers as him? And you were like, well, you can watch the next episode if you want. And I was like, no, no, I'm not that interested. <laughs> it gripped me for a second, you know, a split second. But I'm not, I don't want to watch a whole another episode of it. And you're like, well, I could tell you or I could tell you on the podcast. And so I said, I'll try and figure it out for myself. Mm-hmm. And then I promptly forgot that I'd said that until this moment now where I'm realising I should have come up with something. Right. But I'll, t- I'll tell you my gut reaction. Tell me. Tell me gut reaction. I don't think if I was the writer of this 1990s Spider-Man cartoon, I'd have been allowed to put this in. But at some point when he passed through her in liquid form, made her pregnant. And so she's pregnant with his kid... So she doesn't have the powers. It's the kid using her body has the same powers as his dad. I think I can tell from your reaction that that's not what happened. It's an amazing theory and I think would not be out of place in a lot of <laughs> comic things. But no, would you like to know? The tell truth? me the actual. That is not Mary Jane. What? It is a clone of Mary Jane. Oh, I'm not happy. Okay. Mine was better. I'm <laughs> right. not happy with that. A clone? Why? How? Okay. okay, right. How's he got a clone of her? Okay, okay, I'll roll back. Previous series, Harry Osborn, as the now mad Green Goblin, kidnaps Mary Jane. Yep. Takes her to the bridge. She falls through a time dilation portal and is killed. Peter Parker does not see that she's fallen through the portal because the portal closes. Straight away, he doesn't see it. All he thinks is she's fallen off the massive bridge out to Manhattan into the water. So he dives in the water, is looking for her, can't find her. He finds her again, and at the start of um, Series 5, they get married. And here, it turns out she has the same powers as Maury Bench. Now, Maury Bench was thought killed as well. It turns out that basically there's a doctor who has made clones of Maury Bench and Mary Jane from Maury Bench's DNA. So I think you're quite close there because he basically kidnapped her last time. So she's, he's got some of her DNA. But their, unst- their DNA is unstable. So she dies in the next episode, clone Mary Jane. She just turns, no. Yeah, she just turns into water in his arms and goes... And he's like, no! Again. Oh, you should have made me watch it. I should have made you, you watch it. Made me but watch I've that. Not, long time. I never, never forced you to watch it. That's true. That is terrible, though. I mean, that's tragic. It is. You're saying he never married her. It's always been the clone. It's always been the clone. Yeah. This is horrendous. And this what storyline? This is why she's having these dreams because she's a clone because it's an implanted memory. Everything else. So, oh my god! Yeah. Horrific. So basically, then his whole thing becomes. 
I have to find I have to find Mary Jane again. I have to find the real Mary Jane. But straight after this, he is pulled off, not pulled off, he is taken by an interdimensional traveller called Madam Webb to a, a strange planet to prove his worth. The last two episodes deal with a multiverse thing, and at the end of it, he's like, yeah, I'll find Mary Jane. And that was the last episode, never made anymore. So he never so finds, he never finds, never Mary, finds Jane. Mary Jane. Oh, it's tragic. But not all tragic, because not that long ago, someone, one of the writers for it, released like a kind of fan fiction like love letter that would have been the like a lost episode at the end, which dealt with how he found Mary Jane again. Well, I was thinking maybe he could just get together with Black Cat because she seems hot. Yeah. Well, this is the other thing. When he, he the last two episodes of the whole thing, he does go into like this multiverse, and he meets uh, different versions of himself. One of whom is like a billionaire who's got almost like a sort of Iron Man spider suit, mm. um, and he's married to Gwen Stacy. Right. Um, I've heard that name. You've heard the name because you've seen Gwen Stacy in Into the Spider Verse. So he's married to Gwen Stacy, and Peter Parker's like, huh, he's married to someone I've never even met. So maybe he would have met Gwen Stacy if they'd made more episodes of it. Right, um, okay, yeah. okay. Wow. But there we are. So yeah, so that's that's what happens then with Mary Jane. She's a clone, and she dies, and just turns to water. Unbelievable. Yeah. This is the, the kid goes through some pain. Kid goes through some pain. You know, he's and, and, he, and he saves the world multiple, multiple times. He saves the multiverse. You know, he's, I hate a multiverse. I know you do. I know you do. That's why I, didn't I just you... think it's a cop out. You know, in a multiverse situation, nobody's ever dead, are they? <laughs> you know, no, nothing's ever lost forever. Because you can just go, just go and find a different multiverse and pull them out of it, or whatever. Yeah, that's it. No, I don't, I don't. I don't love the multiverse conceit. No. Okay. No. Well, if Marvel's listening, Liz is not keen on the plan. <laughs> For the next three phases of movies. Marvel's listening. <laughs> if you're listening, Feige. If, if they are listening, uh, don't listen to me because I am not your core consumer. I do not watch those movies. But if you are listening, where's this Big Knowledge Girl spin-off movie? Indeed. <laughs> big Knowledge Girl who rejects knowledge from her <laughs> husband because she can't be bothered listening. <laughs> well, there we are, Liz. That was Spider-Man. So, you got two questions to ask me. Two questions to ask you. Firstly, how do you like me now? And secondly, did this deserve to lose to Banana Man? Let's take the second question first. All right. Because I'm like that. Did this deserve to lose to Banana Man? Possibly it didn't deserve to lose, but I'm glad it did. Because I think there's so much charm with Banana Man. It's fun. I love Banana Man. I don't know if I loved it when I watched it, but I I got so much from it. Whereas this uh, is just not for me, is it? It's just not for it's me. It's not. It's not your kind of thing. I think no. that's that's fair. So I don't I don't think you can there's no point comparing them. I think both of them deserve to exist in this, you know, in this example. Uh but I'm I'm happy I'm happy that Banana Man won and I think you can make a case for it. Yeah, I mean I I, I think I'm in a difficult position because I really enjoy this, but I think now I look at this in the same way that I look at like Marvel movies now. In that it's almost a checking off: Have I seen that character? You know, have you have you done that bit here? What's weird to me about I can't I can't really get on with comics or superheroes, right? Because when I look at this, I'm like, and you're explaining to me about the storylines and all those sorts of things, I'm like, wow, are they are they taking this seriously? 
Like, they actually care what happens. I think... Which is wild to me. This, to me... I don't want to offend anyone who likes it. Because I've genuinely tried. But this, to me, is garbage nonsense. <laughs> right? The, the, when he goes, we've got to get the neogenic recombinator and whatever, all of it sounds like that to me. We, you know, we've got to get the lizardification ray. Otherwise, you know, Snork will die down the toot hole. Like, <laughs> oh, all of it's like, oh my God, are people genuinely watching this and having an emotion about this? Because this is nothing to me. It's it's like listening to like bloody Puff the Magic Dragon. You know, uh, it's just it's none of it's real. It's like uh, no, what is it? It's like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. It's just imagery. It's not. <laughs> I have no connection to these characters, uh, and this is true for all superheroes. Always, I have no connection. I do not care what the outcome is. None of it makes any impact on me really at all it, i'm just i'm just looking at pretty pictures and i don't find a lot of them that pretty right see now, do you understand i i do understand i i don't feel the same way no, because, no of course you don't because, you know, for, for me, and I i'm think... not saying that, that that mine is the right way i wish i could understand it mm. you know i've been shown comics and people say this is a great one and i'm like oh cool i'll try and Look at it, and I can't. Nothing happens in my brain when I. I was like, no, nothing is happening in my brain. I don't care. I don't. I'm physically, I'm incapable of caring. Fair enough. Uh, the only reason I like Banana Man is because it doesn't. It, it doesn't require me to care on that level because it's taking the piss out of this. Yes. And that, and you'll find that about the types of superhero content that I do enjoy. I love the Adam West Batmans because it's just jokey, colourful nonsense. It doesn't require me to care. I can't get on board with the Christopher Nolan Batmans because I've got to take it seriously. <laughs> but I love Batman and Robin, despite the fact that everybody hates it, because it's just colourful nonsense garbage. This is what I'm saying to you. I am not... I have no... It does not resonate with me. I am incapable of caring. Right, okay. I I, I know. I think I'm tempted to put an appeal out if anyone can think of any colourful nonsense garbage comics that Liz <laughs> should read, then please send us titles. This is the thing. People always say, oh, this one's a great one. You'll get into this one. Oh, this one's great for women. Women love this one. There's, there's, <laughs> a, there's a girl in this. I'll care about it less. I absolutely <laughs> promise you. <laughs> I swear to God, if I get even the hint that they're trying to say that this is in in any way feminist, I will care about it less <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> you will not. <laughs> you will not try and influence me to think or feel about colourful nonsense garbage. I will deliberately hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well... I think for me, it's the thing. This this is, although it's trying, it's resonant. It's trying to be darker than the else. It's rushed through at such a pace. There's not that involvement. And I think this is the thing about like me with comics. Like I've always felt like I can't get an in to like 
Thor or something like that because I'm like, well, where the hell do I start? Do I like pick up the latest yeah, one? Right. Do I pick anything else? So uh, the few I've got are like standalone kind of. I'm like, okay, that's a thing on its own. Mm. Um, so you know, I can like read that, enjoy that as a, as a single standalone thing. I haven't got to like like I remember a whole housemate of mine at uni had one that I read, and literally it was like character would say something and there'd be a little asterisk and note at the bottom saying as happened in this comic issues this to this and it's like well this is like a culmination of like six or eight different arcs across different comic lines like that's just irritating put all those comics in this book or have this just be like just a series in its own don't rely on me having bought 18 different publications not to go too to find comics in general we need to answer how do you like me now and i think from what i've said you know that my critique of this is only that it would never have been for me. Mm. I think I can look at it and say, this is well made. It, I didn't love all the dialogues, thought some of it was clunky, but it, I'm sure it is still as watchable now as ever it was. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think I've actually gone back and watched more episodes of this since we've watched it. And I will continue to do so. I think for me, this holds up. I do kind of, I don't regret doing Banana Man. I think no. Banana Man, you know, probably did deserve to win. And I think this is a solid one, though. So there we are. That was it. Liz, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening as well. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, if you want to get in touch with us, tell us what you thought of Spider-Man. Maybe you think it was Rob. Maybe you think Banana Man definitely was the worthy winner. Get in touch with us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and tell us what you think. We'll be back next time. Until then, bye!